We're back. You didn't expect us, but here we are. Oh yeah. Just too much has happened in the world of Heart of Midlothian for the We Have No Cares podcast to remain silent. I am Nicole Hay. And I am Robert Borthwick. And we are going to be even more uninformed than usual. Yes, yes we are. It's uh, it's brave. Staggeringly uninformed as we are, we... Um, but, between the optimal amount of attendance that we could have had at Hearts Games away to Livingston and Wraith Rovers, we've we've hit twenty five percent between the two of us. It's a solid percentage um, for any podcast, I think. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, as you may learn over the coming season, Robert and I are not the richest men. Nope, no, we're not. So um, we certainly have to pick and choose our away games. Yes. Um, but wow, what what a contrast between the two of them. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, so it began uh, at Livingston, uh, where I went, uh, partly because I love Heart of Midlothian and also because I'm from Livingston and could get a lovely cottage pie dinner at my mum's before <laughs> kick-off, which was excellent, thank you for asking. Good, that's that's great. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that part of the evening. Yes, that, that part of the evening specifically was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, did the cottage pie start well? Did it, did it get stronger? <laughs> stronger as the, the pie went on? Or? It was it was really interesting to see the way that the pie developed <laughs> over the course of the meal. Like, I really think it showed some uh, flashes of promise for the future. Good, good, that's great. It was, it, it was a development pie, so we have to, we have to realise that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, the mince wasn't quite as strong as the tatties, but, you know, you have to expect that in such a, a makeshift pie. <laughs> Indeed, indeed, yes. But I'm glad you know you, you got you got something from it, and that's that's all that's all we wanted really from. Well, Robert, is this a clever metaphor for the Livingston game? It might be. Oh, it look at that. Might be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, quite a lot of Hearts fans travelled to uh, the historic Amundsville Stadium, uh, looking for uh, another victory, another uh, solid performance in our way to a, a silverware-filled season in the glorious Petrofac Training Cup. Uh, Robbie Nielsen had other ideas. Yes, yes, he did. He did. Um, he decided to go with an under twelve side, which is an interesting tactic um, in any senior competition. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's it's one of those things. He did say beforehand it was going to be a development squad, um, and it certainly was that. I think crucially, though, he didn't say it very, loudly. very li- well, loudly, or you know, he didn't say it um, quite as early before the game as many, perhaps, some people would have liked. Yeah, I. I don't have a problem with it. Um, obviously, other people, I fully understand that they might have wanted to have a bit more of an idea that this was the game that they were being sold so they could make maybe a more informed decision about whether or not they wanted to go and invest their time and emotion and energy in, in making it out there. But um, I fully support Robbie's decision and uh, I would fully endorse him doing it again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean so do I. Um... It was a, a bit of a surprise um, seeing the, the squad named that was um, basically, you know, really Keating's, um, Brad Mackay, the only ones with real first team experience. Um, I just think there's there's every possibility that Robbie Nielsen did say that he was going to do that. Just no one really knows what he's saying when he speaks. <laughs> he, he's, he's a great mumbler. Um, that Terrific the media... mumbler. One of the great mumblers of our time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if mumbling's going to get you anywhere, he's going to go far. It's a pleasure to watch such an accomplished mumbler mumble on the big stage. <laughs> it is. It is. And... and he's getting his chance so early, but if you're, if you're good enough, well, then you're mumbly enough. Exactly. He's going to mumble his way all the way to the top. But I, I think that... Um, 
it, it was it was a tough one to take, especially with the eventual scoreline as well. But I mean, you were there, you know, literally a hundred percent more than I do about the performance. <laughs> um, so so you may be you know well better placed. It did look very very experimental and did pan out that way. Um, of the players who started, um, Liam Smith looked quite assured, not spectacular, but you know. He looked like he could play right back in a league game tomorrow and not be disgraced, so that was nice. Good. Um, Brad and Jordan were the centre-halves. They were a little scatty, but not anything ridiculous. They maybe lacked a bit of leadership, which I suppose is kind of worrying considering that Brad is the vice-captain. Yeah. But they're so young. It just feels weird because they've been feels like they've both been around for ages. But what, yeah. Jordan's eighteen, Brad's twenty, if he's at most. Uh, Jordan just turned eighteen a few weeks ago. I think Brad might actually be twenty one. But this is you know as we said at the, the front of the show, we are not the best informed. <laughs> we could check these things, but you know I'd rather just guess. Yeah. We could check these things, but you know shan't. Lol. Jordan McGee's fourteen years old. <laughs> And uh, Liam Gordon, who's 87, uh, <laughs> uh, is a centre-half to trade, played at left-back. He has done that a bit for the under-21s, I believe. Yeah, but yeah. We saw, well, like, the, uh, our major knowledge of the under-21 teams comes when we watched the Youth Cup final yes, last yeah. year. And uh, Liam Gordon was quite a good centre-half in that, uh, alongside uh, Jordan at that level. Looked a bit out of sorts at left back, not the best going forward. Though he did have one thraker of a shot with his right foot, which went narrowly wide. Right. Uh, mid central midfield was Robinson and young Angus Beath, the magnificently named Angus Beath. Yes. Uh, Robinson kind of struggled to get in the same wavelength as some of his teammates. Maybe he's been out of the youth team a bit longer than others, so he's maybe not used to playing with them. Yeah. He tried at times to take the team by the scruff of the neck and, and play kind of a captain's role, uh, or at least, you know, a, a veteran's role. Um, it wasn't his best game, to be perfectly honest. I don't think he had the tools around him yeah. to, to make best use of what he what he had. Um, Angus Beath looks very interesting as a player, actually. Um, I believe he will develop into a good box-to-box midfielder. He's very composed on the ball and technical. And when you see his build, you think probably he's going to be more of an attacking midfielder. But he, he runs quite a lot and he tackles well. So I think if he can develop physically, then that's an interesting role for him. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched Angus a few times in the, you know, in the unders teams, basically. And... It's, it's clear that he's got a lot of ability. Uh, Robbie obviously likes him a lot. He gave him a lot of game time in pre-season um, against Ludogorets and teams like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that is the perfect level. I mean, you know, people again will always complain that we didn't play a full-strength squad, but that's the kind of game that we need to develop these players. If we're not going to send them on loan, then in games like that, in a cup that, you know, no disrespect to the teams who are competing for it and absolutely going for it, it really meant shit all to us. And it's, it's something that is good to see players like him come into games like that. But it is a shame, because I would have liked to win a cup. I yeah. like winning cups, it's good. We could still win a cup. We could win two. We could, and the championship. Why not? Yep, let's, let's. do it. Yay. Um, but yeah, Angus Beath is a nice player. Um, James Keatings started on the right and looked like he hates it, so yeah. I, I would recommend not playing in there. Evidence suggests he's slightly better in the box, but we, we might come to that 
Leto. <laughs> I think we might. Yes. Um, Dave Smith started on the left. Um, he was, to be fair, probably the best player on the day. Looked the most ready to play against senior players. Um, he was very Dave Smith. He ran in straight lines. He put in decent crosses. He flitted in and out of the game. He had a weird... 20 minute stretch at the beginning of the second half where it's like he realised wait a minute I'm literally better than anyone around me <laughs> let's just continually rip everyone to shreds yeah. and then it didn't quite come to anything and uh, he stopped doing it oh that's a that's a shame yeah. <laughs> um, he, Gary Oliver played well he linked up okay but he didn't get a lot of chances to actually shoot at goal because uh, he didn't get a lot of surface didn't get a lot of service mainly because the team was very experimental and looked a bit as cohesive as a tramp's jobby um, part of that was and oh it's a shame on the laddie my heart went out to him but uh, young Liam Henderson who until about five months ago was playing centre half at Hutchie Vale under 17s and started this game as a support striker was moved to left wing and ended up at left back and each of those positions looked very much like somebody who should be playing under 17 centre half for Hutchie Vale he's tall yeah he very occasionally showed good feet. He had no idea where to stand. He looked lost and alone and upset. And I just wanted to give him a big cuddle because the poor laddie looked so upset. Well, I think I think this was actually quite clever tactics from Robbie. Um, if you will remember the manager he was up against in this game, Mr. John McGlynn. <laughs> um, he was actually... I don't know if he was just trying to prove to McGlynn that it doesn't work or maybe trying to put a point across that it could work. Bear in mind, Mr McGlynn played uh, defender Ryan McGowan in a number 10 role <laughs> at the start of his tenure, which was possibly one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. And um, Ryan McGowan didn't And look... you saw the decisions he made about what clothes to wear. Well, I, d I did. I saw the decision made to make him manager of hearts. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's that's a still quite a deep wound. Um, but you know, it's that's that's what he was going for. I think Robbie, um, just trying to say, you know, McGlynn, you are clueless. Um, I'm it's, just going to show you. It's an interesting theory. Yep. Um, my counter theory might be that they've got this guy who's quite tall and reasonably skilled, and they don't know what his best position is yet. So let's try some things. Yeah, I mean that that could be it. But it I'm, could be it. But you know what? You know what? You're right. It's not as likely. I absolutely much prefer my theory. Okay, um, there is one uh, player who started and indeed played the entire game, which I've not mentioned yet, and that is Lee Hollis. Oh, I think um, for all you listeners out there, I described Lee Hollis as chubby and shit. Um, that was what was given to me, the line given to me by my mother while supporting friends. Nicole, could you please, just in a number of noises, um, explain Lee Hollis's performance? Uh, uh, oh, God! Uh, what, uh, come on, you fu uh, you fucking! Thanks, Nicole. Um, so I, I think that that says speaks volumes um, for Lee Hollis's performance. I wasn't even there, but I can just guess that it was absolutely atrocious. Dismal. I mean, uh, like I say, hearts were all over the shop. They looked like a team that had been introduced to each other not even before kickoff. I think they actually got the introductions done after the game. Um, but Hollis completely sold the first goal. Um, just a very soft team shot that he let fly past him for no reason other than he's atrocious. Yep. Um, he wasn't actually at fault for the second goal. That was 
more to do with some confusion at left back. I think Liam Gordon was possibly still the left back at that point, but um, Livingston broke. Actually, it might have been Henderson at that point. You know what? Really, this game has very much slid out of my brain. <laughs> um, Livingston broke down their right, uh, got in a decent cross, and their striker, whose name I don't know, got in ahead of probably Brad. I, I literally don't know, <laughs> and uh, scored a decent goal. Um, their third goal was scored by a guy called Hippolyte, which is incredible. <laughs> yes, I'm glad he scored. <laughs> yeah. um, our midfield made him look very good as he sort of swan through vast acres of space like a gazelle roaming his territory. Uh, and then he tapped a tame shot inside the, the post that Hollis went down in a number of stages. A large, large number of stages, almost as large as the number of calories that he's carrying around his fat useless gut and uh, allowed the ball to trickle in uh, the fourth goal I literally don't remember at all because I was halfway out of my seat thinking if I leave now I can get the train half an hour earlier and be in my bed soon and then our goal happened while I wasn't in the stadium so uh, come to We Have No Cares for all the accurate up to date news I don't think anyone really wants to hear about that game anyway we thought we'd just cover it off <laughs> uh, but there, there are some positives uh, like I said Angus Beath looked very good. Um, when Robbie Buchanan came on, he played up front. He had a couple of nice intricate touches. Um, looked like he would fit in very well with the sort of play that we were trying to build up in the first team. Yep. Um, and Alistair Roy was spectacular. Uh, came on, played a sort of withdrawn number 10 role, but he actually reminds me, in terms of physique and playing style, a bit of Billy King. He's right. quite um, sort of direct with a, a couple of wee tricks, but like quite clever the way he uses them. Um, knows when to burst, knows when to hold. Yep. Uh, but definitely looked like he'd be more comfortable playing through the middle. And uh, he really did uh, look to have a lot of intelligence and vision, was really good at spotting overlapping runs from the fullbacks. Like there was a point where Jordan McGee just decided, oh, like, forget it, I'm going to spend about five minutes just sort of on the wing up front. <laughs> I, I don't really care about playing centre half at this point. And uh, uh, Roy really linked up with him well. So, you know, there's some um, delightful things. Uh, McCurdy, who has a great surname, also came on, but after I'd left. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. so, very well. Uh, again, um, you know, speaking from previous times of watching McCurdy, he, he's still very lightweight, and you'd, you'd expect that from someone who turned sixteen about ten days ago. Um, you know, he's he is still very raw, still very wee, um, still very sixteen, still incredibly sixteen. One of the most sixteen-year-old players we have. Um, but he, again, you know, is he's, he's coming through the Scotland uh, Scotland youth ranks. Uh, if you look at players in our current team who've done that, like say Jordan McGee. Uh, Jason Holt went from schoolboy and stuff like that as well. You know, it's it's a good sign that if they're getting recognised in that age, then there's probably something to them. Nothing much else to say about that game. What happened next, Rob? Well, uh, after that, we decided to not field our under 12s and uh, mm. take actually a full strength team to Kirkcaldy mm. and play Wraith Rovers on Saturday. And I believe it was a, a very decent result. I believe so. Again, uh, well, this uh, we're even less informed about this one because uh, <laughs> neither of us went to Kirkcaldy, but we do have. The luxury of some gorgeous extended highlights provided by Heart of Midlothian, uh, courtesy of commentator Laurie Dunsire and the golden tones of Angus Keith <laughs> on what, commentaries. What patter? <laughs> not, well, uh, yeah, uh, he might not have the most uh, sharp analytical mind, <laughs> but he, he more than makes up for it in sending 
like an oddly full voice for somebody who is, I believe, twelve. Yes, uh, he's, he's about he's about four foot nothing, and um, you know, is is he speaks kind of like Barry White. <laughs> but I would recommend checking out those highlights if you haven't, just to hear. Like Angus's reaction to all of our goals is go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's how he celebrates his own goals. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just runs back to the centre circle. <laughs> I hope that's how he celebrates his mum making him a really nice cottage pie. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, on to the minor detail of what actually happened in the game uh, at Kirkcaldy. Um, we fielded the same team that started against Hibernian, except for the suspended Osman So. Uh, was replaced by James Keatings. Correct. And uh, he did all right. Yeah, yeah, he did okay, didn't he? Didn't he? The, the, you know, other than the obviously Sufjan El Hasnawi who hasn't played at all. Um, he's of our our summer signings. Uh, he'd had the, the least impact out of any of them, um, and he pissed all over that. He certainly did. Um, he was kind of hyped up to us as like a, a penalty box striker and. I, I think it's safe to say that's a fairly accurate review. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I say, well, he, he came on at the end of the derby and did like a sort of decent professional job on the wing, holding the ball up and... Winding up Liam Craig. Which is excellent stuff. We approve of that heartily. Definitely. Uh, and like I say, he was played out on the right uh, at Livingston and didn't look happy. Was played through the middle in a partnership with Gary Oliver and looked better, but, you know disjointed team um, but here he really shone uh, first goal incredible bit of work out strong running down the right by Billy King played a, a swift ball across which uh, Sam Nicholson attempted to back heel into the goal which I uh, thoroughly enjoyed the, the intention <laughs> yes and uh, what can you say about a penny box strike James Keatings was just standing in the right place to be on the end of that it looks easy but it's absolutely not as yeah. Heart of Midlothian fans watching many many strikers down the years can attest. Yeah, it's, it's you know the whole the whole point of being a, a, a he's a you know self proclaimed penalty box striker as well as being described as one by everyone. Um, <laughs> it you know knowing where to stand um, is absolutely vital. As soon as Billy got the ball, it, it, it broke him quite fortuitously uh, on the edge of the box. But great running rounded the goalkeeper. You can see Keaton's sort of arc has run to the back post because he knows Nicholson's going to be there. Nicholson, very unlucky. To be honest with you, having watched the wonderful uh, GoPro images from behind the goals, I think Nicholson's kind of looked like it had gone over the line. Mm -hmm. um, but aside from that, referee didn't give it. Keaton still had a job to do, and he, he, he tapped it home. No goal line technology at Kirkcaldy. N no, they've they've um, they, they don't have technology in Kirkcaldy. They don't <laughs> have alone. a complete stand. In no, <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, that is, and and then he, he went and uh, did one of three wonderful knee slides um, in the Kirkcaldy ring. So yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just something that always fascinates me about um, goal scorers' instincts. That you know, if you asked him anything about physics and uh, you know the the properties of uh, rebounding balls he wouldn't be able to draw you a diagram but he just knows that if Nicholson's meeting that ball there then his strike's probably going there so the rebound's coming here so that's where I better stand. Absolutely absolutely but I mean his second goal showed perfectly that he's not just about being in the right place at the right time when he's in and around the box getting closed down I mean the, the touch to take it down first of all was perfect and then all it took was one drop of the shoulder a wee shimmy onto his left 
and he made uh, the two race defenders um, look like absolute twits um, as they went flying away in the other direction. And I'm sure he, he laughed, oh, you buffoons, <laughs> I have bamboozled you, <laughs> as he tucked it away. Yes, yes, indeed. And again, it was a good finish, you know, um, knew exactly where to put it, just put his laces to it, really. Um, but it's, it's that, that sign that, you know, we have a penalty box striker for the first time in quite a while, and it's quite... Lovely to see it. And then the third goal, which came in the second half. Yeah, pretty, pretty run of the mill. Not very spectacular goal. You're lying, aren't you, Robert? Yep, um, I am. He, uh, yeah, he, he scored a rather sumptuous free kick after some great running from uh, from Sam Nicholson, whereby he got taken down by former Rangers defender Ross Perry, um, who'd basically just given up chasing and just sort of went, ah, do you know what, I'm bigger than you, so I'm going to push you over. And quite a spectacular foul, though. Quite a spectacular, just like, right, okay, you're better than me. You're just better. Do you want me to say it? You're better than me, <laughs> all right? So down, down you go. Leave me. Yeah. That's that that sort of um, sums up his career. Then <laughs> <laughs> you go leave me. <laughs> <laughs> More the fact that everyone's better than him. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, and then and then that you know I think everyone who was in the stand or watching the highlights um, mm-hmm. as as we did probably thought Oz Turk was going to just try and um, smash it again mm-hmm. with that big powerful right foot of his. But it was it was a lovely delicate free kick taken by uh, by Keats and dinked with precision and pace and. Just right in the corner, and um, when I first saw it, I thought, is that maybe a bit of championship keeper going on there? But no, you see it from behind the goal, it's got so much pace on it, he had zero chance. Ah, yeah, absolutely. It was it was a perfect free kick. Um, and I th- I th- have we ever scored directly from a free kick? I can't remember it <laughs> happening. <laughs> um, I'm sure Bruno scored a few. So Sc- Scatchel yeah, scored Scatchel's, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah against St. Mirren. Yeah, but... You know, well, that well, well, what a shit point, Rob. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite as many as you would like. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, so it's nice that you scored directly from a free kick. Okay, that's the point I was trying to make. No, no, no that's fine. And uh, it's nice that it upset Ross Perry. Yay. Is that his name? Ross Perry. Yes. Good, good. Might be Perry. Don't care. I'll forget about him tomorrow. <laughs> um, and then uh, later on, uh, you wait... F- Ten years for a penalty box striker to turn up, and then what do you know? You got two at once. Yes. <laughs> um, some intricate work down the left between uh, Holt and Keatings, and it breaks to Gary Oliver. Yeah. Was, was Keatings involved? Was he on the pitch? At that no, no, point? no. It was. Uh, it was Nicholson. It was Sam Nicholson. Sam Nicholson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> played it across to uh, Gary Oliver, who again was just standing in exactly the right place. Yeah. And, um, it was a, a. It was a great finish. Um, you know, mm-hmm. driven into the bottom corner. A lot has been said about his celebration and how angry he looked, but um, I don't think that really matters, to be honest with you. A lot of people are trying to make a lot of this and saying, you know, oh, he's upset or something, he's up, you know. He's taken his, his chances, he's scored again uh, against Stenhouse Muir now as well, so, you know, leave the boy alone. Let the boy play. So, those were the games, and it's nice that Hearts are now top of the league. Yes, that's unbeaten. We've been able to say that, and... Yeah. Um, like we were touching on last week, it looks like we're going to have a stretch here where we can really sort of um, impose ourselves upon some of the weaker teams in the league. Um, Still got so many players to come back as well. You know, that was, that was I think, nine first-team players out on Saturday. It was it was some big number anyway. Um, so we've still got a bunch of guys to come back as well. Oh, Rovers we didn't away. even talk about Prince going down. That's true. Prince went down... 
banged his knee. He did. There was some lovely football just before it and then just after it, but in the middle there was this big vortex of horribleness where Prince went <laughs> down with a knee injury and I don't think anyone said anything about whether it's long term or not. No, I, I don't think it is. It'll be precautionary and he was um, replaced by Scott Robinson. Scott Robinson, he's a useful player to have. I like having him in our squad. I hope nothing ever happens. Oh, you might be upset. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. The, the, not revelation. I mean, players leave football clubs all the time. But, I mean, the, the chat is obviously that Robinson and uh, Mr David Smith are both on their way out or have certainly been told um, to find new clubs, which saddens me because I like Scott Robinson a lot. I think he offers a lot to the team. Um I think he, he divides opinion rather a lot. Um, Bizarrely, at times, I don't really understand people who don't like him. Yeah, I'd, it's, it's one of those ones where it doesn't really have a huge impact on games, but he does the easy stuff very well. You know, he, he's great at retaining possession, he brings other players into it. Um, he loves a tackle. He, he does, he does. And that can get him booked, and that's, that's fine. You know, a lot of people see disciplinary problems and stuff like that, but. It's, it's, he's only ever been red-carded once in a competitive game in the Cali Thistle semi-final. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of this can be factored into maybe off-the-pitch stuff, things that he's said, um, refusing to go on the bench, refusing to go out on loan, um, things like that. But I think Robinson's biggest crime there is being fairly intelligent and understanding what's actually best for his own career. Yeah. I don't think he's done anything ridiculous at all. Um, he's he's just been honest in interviews. Um, I I'm not a I'm I don't actually play for Heart of Midlothian. I don't uh, what mislead anyone. But um, <laughs> I kind of feel like that must be a good dressing room influence. Just somebody who's vocal but intelligent. Um, uh, and I think like on the pitch, he's a useful player. He's a good utility player. He can fill in those gaps in central midfield. Yeah, and he uh, he doesn't hide, which is something you always want. Um, Dave Smith, I I love a bit of Dave Smith. I love his directness and I love his crossing and I love his commitment to zero neckness and his hunchback. Yeah, I was going to mention the hunchback. Yeah, it's it is, it's great to see a Hearts player you know committing to a hunchback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I can understand him being allowed to leave just because, well, we've got three out-and-out wingers ahead of him in Nicholson, King and Walker and strikers in the form of Carrick and Keating who so can play those positions in a pinch. Yeah, so, and El, El Hasnaoui as well. You know, he has played wide midfield before. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're looking at, I mean, look to when, uh, you know, Budgement Day, <laughs> when Anne first came in, and we ended up releasing uh, Mark Bridges and Jamie McDonald, and then obviously giving Jack Hamilton a three-year deal. A lot of people think, you know, why get rid of Bridges when this could be his time to stake a claim? I just think that it's, it looks to me a lot like Nielsen and Levine have looked at this and said, well, there's younger players who we can develop more. You yeah. Know, um, you know, citing players such as Robbie Buchanan, uh, Nathan Flanagan as well, a young winger who's coming through. Guys like these, um, you know, who, they're, they're a lot younger, mm -hmm. but they're maybe a bit easier to, to manipulate into that sort of certain style of play. I, I, I'll be honest, it'll be a shame to see the back of Dave Smith. Or it um, might just be that they kind of feel that Dave Smith's ceiling, his potential is not much higher than what he's at now. Yeah. And, you know, he's not going to get, he's not going to start a league game unless there's a lot of injuries. Yeah. So... 
it might just be that it's not worth developing him any further, which again is a shame because I like him, but it's understandable. Scott Robinson, it's less understandable if only because we just don't have a lot of central midfielders. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at Blavin Gomez Holt, and then you've got Angus Beath, really. Uh, Aaron mm. Scott and Sean McCurdy are the other ones that uh, it, it leaves us a wee bit lightweight in the middle of the park. Who knows what Robbie and Craig are thinking? They don't discuss this with us uh, for not, very obvious reasons. Not yet. <laughs> Watch this space. Looking for an in. Um, so, yeah, that's the the news and the roundups from a very varied and interesting and intriguing week at Heart of Midlothian. Yes. Uh, so, to wrap up, we are back with Songs of the Week, and there is only one man who can be honoured this week. It's Hattrick Hero. Mr. Mr. James. Mr. James Keatings. James Keatings, indeed. So, your turn to go first, Robert, uh, in your own time. Thank you. Hamilton Ackies, what have you done? Hamilton Ackies, he's our only one. He's now a jambo, he's a superman. He's now a jambo, he's our only one. He's now a jambo, shot goal. It's a nice day to score again. It's a nice day for a James Keatings. Uh, crikey <laughs> um, got through it yeah well you you plucked that one out of the air I've got another if you want to hear that <laughs> please go ahead <laughs> <clears throat> you don't have to be so to score a goal you don't have to be whole to play the ball got this particular guy that fits the bill you don't need no Extra time we got Keats <laughs> Um I am I'm reeling. I'm reeling. That's the only way to describe what's happening to me right now. Um I would love love the idea of everybody breaking out falsetto to do that. I'm interesting that you went with a Prince song because uh I went MJ. Oh fuck, right, okay. <clears throat> Keatings, 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 Keatings Jambo go machine, James Keatings On the half volley, inside the box It doesn't matter, he'll score fuck tons He's Keatings James Keatings, Keatings, Keatings So that was mine That was great <laughs> I sound so wounded to say it Fuck's sake Oh Oh, okay. Rob, will you ever win? No. Not while I'm doing the editing, no. <laughs> so that's us for another week. Oh. I'm sorry, we'll come back next week when we've actually watched Hearts play a game and we'll maybe have something a bit more in-depth to say yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, they're playing Falkirk. Who, do you know what Falkirk did in their last game? I've got a feeling. No, actually, you're going to have to tell me. They only went and won one nil at Easter Road. Ah, shit the bed. They did as well. <laughs> they did. Ah, ah so that, that's great. So that's us. How many points have we had above Hibs? That is a six points clear of Hibernian. After only three games. After three games. Great stuff. <laughs> Let's keep that going. They are averaging a point a game, <laughs> which is relegation form in anyone's <laughs> book. Yes. Ah, God. We are averaging three points a game. 
which yeah. I believe might be championship form. I think I think that's uh, on your way to your perfect season there. Oh, oh, can you imagine it? I can, I can. And we hope you join us every step of the way. If you would like to tell us anything about what you heard today or uh, what you think in your mind with your thought beans, um, please... Tweet at me, I'm at Nicole Hay, N-I-C-O-L-H-E-Y. I am at R-F Borthwick, R-F-B-O-R-T-H-W-I-C-K. If you want to send us an email, you can actually do that. Uh, it's cares at gmail.com. And we'll be back next time. Speak to you then. Steve Crawford. Steve Crawford. Hey, baby! Amaruso, that's a run, it's a dive!